0: Today on Movie all as we talk about The Blackening, Joyride, and Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe.
1: Hi, it's Rashmi. And you as well.
0: Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, the show is for you. Hello again. Hello. Greetings. I'm still trying to calm down my anger from our last oh podcast. Oh my God,
1: Joe, get over it.
0: Where I gave, I, gave, <laughs> I gave my first ever zero. Maybe, did I give Holy Motors a zero?
2: I hope not, I think because ho- that's a wonderful film. Holy-
0: <laughs> I think it's the last movie that made me that angry. Oh uh, my was, god! Was Holy Motors, I know. I need to get over it. A new podcast, new mood. <laughs> Wipe. <laughs>
2: yes, erase.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so we've got another busy podcast. So I suggest that we find some movies to talk about on VOD and then get into business. So
2: um,
0: we're going to cut short our banter, partly because. We're all looking forward to going for noodles.
1: Yay. Noodles, noodles. That's our favorite thing, I think, to do.
0: It's not yes. nothing like after a podcast just going for some <laughs> yeah, what new no, what are what are our advices on new movie Well, as noodles is one of them. Dumplings is the other. Yes. Um Yazdi snacks. Yazdi's completely attempting to destroy my appetite here, but um, I'll, I'll manage Yazdi
1: put out, as we said no. on the last podcast, no. one of the most amazing snack displays ever it's beautiful to look at it was delicious
0: (laughs) i think i demolished
2: all of the food no
0: yeah it was it was quite quite, there's
2: still food here
0: anyway quite the treat yes all right well let's um like i said we're busy and potentially going to be very hungry soon so uh let's let's get podcasting down to business let's work no more slacking jump into our segment i can't can't find anything anything to watch watch on 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 video on on demand. demand so while i scramble to find something (laughs) to recommend um, I can go. Rashmi I and Yazdi, yeah, what yeah. have been go. watching? What's okay, so I
1: am going to recommend a series. Um, it's called Citadel. Mm-hmm. It just came out this year, a few months ago. Um, and the description is, gl- global spy agency Citadel has fallen and its agents' memories were wiped clean. Sounds a little bit like Born, you know, the Born mm-hmm. universe. Now the po- powerful syndicate Manticore is rising in the void. Can the Citadel agents recollect their past and summon the strength to fight back? And this has a really good cast. It has... Richard Madden it has Priyanka Chopra Jonas it has Stanley Tucci it has Leslie Manville yep it has um, oh I love Leslie Manville yeah exactly and she's not playing anything that like she played in Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris which I know you love um, Yazdi so um, it's you know it's not excellent but it's really good i would say it's good enough to watch it's six episodes it's just been picked up for season two but the most exciting thing is that they've created a citadel universe and there will be spin-offs of other international agencies in different languages um that are all gonna belong to the same universe so um yeah it's 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 good joe did you watch any of the episodes with me um, I can't remember. You, you know,
0: I watched a couple of them and they looked like fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, again, it was one of those moments where it wasn't that I didn't want to watch it. It was just I was doing other things yeah. with my time and I, like rewriting
1: the movie Wallace theme.
0: I can't Yeah, I can't I can't Keep playing I, the bass. I, I get yeah. selective. Um oh. Well, yes, there was that. But I I do get selective about when I take on a a season of shows because it's like, that's nine or ten hours that I could dedicate to something else. So it looked good. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it didn't look like high art. It kind of looked like a slightly watered down Mission Impossible. Yeah, Um, Mission
1: Impossible meets Bourne meets any other spy.
0: But what I did notice was that there were many kind of... um, You know, so I was watching... I was on my laptop watching Rashmi watch this and you were like, oh, there were quite a, quite, a, quite a lot. Oh yeah, there quite, were. There were quite a few, few gaspy moments. Like, what? Yeah. So the, it seems as if the plot had kept you Twists on your toes. and turns. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So my recommendation... I'm sorry, that's oh, on Amazon yes. Prime. Sorry. Okay. So my recommendation is also on Amazon Prime and it's a movie called Museo. M-U-S-E-O. And it literally stands for museum. And it's a Mexican movie And I watched it in the theater. It was nominated for Best Foreign Film, I think two or three years ago. And it's such a trip. And it's based on the true story of the largest ever successful heist in a museum anywhere in the world. And it happened in Mexico City in the 70s. And what makes the story so remarkable is because there was no preparation. It was these two goofy teenagers who were high and they just decided, let's just go ahead and rob the museum. And against a better judgment, they were able to kind of get around all the museum security devices. And they were so stupid that once they had stolen a considerable amount of artwork, they were. They didn't know how to sell it because it was so famous that you know if, if they try to sell it to someone they would get caught. And it's about their story. And uh, the always wonderful Gael Garcia Bernal plays one of the two mm, kids. He's great. And Leonardo Ortiz Gras plays the other one. Um, it's based on a true story. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's sad. It's beautifully constructed. Everything seems real, and it was shot at Mexico City in the actual museum. They recreated. Um, you know, this heist. Uh, It's it's wonderful. It's a lot of fun. It's only two hours long. Museo, M-U-S-E-O, are also called museum. I love that
0: premise because one of my you know I, I I guess from time to time I kind of test myself with these little moral dilemmas I always wonder like what I would do with a bag of diamonds mm. you know if I saw if I found a bag of diamonds on the street give them,
1: you know, them to rush me theoretic
0: yeah. well you've got enough um, it, theoretically <laughs> that would mean riches beyond my wildest dreams but I've like I would have nowhere to shift like stolen merchandise. I don't have the connections. I don't know. I, w- I literally wouldn't know what to do with it. I would be just as like, fi- my, my financial situation would not change with a bag of diamonds. So that that I like the I like the idea that they've stolen all this art and then they'd like the connections to, to move it on. That sounds yeah. fun.
2: Uh, the Iranian director, Askar Farhadi, made a movie called A Hero, which I think was out. It was also nominated a couple of years ago. It's exactly based on this premise. It's based on somebody who finds um, a considerable amount of cash mm. and cash you, I can do it. It's yeah, like I can shop with cash. <laughs> yeah. And it's like what do you do? Yeah. Terrific. Anyway, what is your pick? My Drew? pick
0: as I was busily scrolling through uh, Netflix is um, I'm quite I'm kinda of happy with with myself for finding this. Beasts of no nation. Oh. Um, this was the movie that was released in 2015. It was actually, I think, Netflix, one of Netflix's first, first foray yes. into um, production, not just Fantastic kind of distribution. Movie. Idris Elba. Um, starring Idris Elba and directed by uh, Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who mm-hmm. went on to direct um, James, Bond? James Bond, believe yes. it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so Beast of No Nation, I mean, it's... Uh, again, I'll, I'll give everyone a warning here. I mean, goodness me. This is a movie that, that really it talks about war and presents it in um just in an unrelenting unforgiving manner this is this is a hard movie to yeah. watch at times because of um, child how it,
1: soldiers it
0: depicts uh so good know, it's war it's it's set in kind of a fictional african um it's not really a country but a fictional african province um right. uh, interestingly there uh, parts of this movie that were filmed in Ghana, which was um my father's home country, so uh, mm-hmm. there's actually actually, you know, language that I recognise. I don't really speak Guinean but I do pick up on language here and there. But um no, it stars Idris Elba uh, and a young man by the name of Abraham Atta in very memorable roles. Um it is uh immersive, it's unrelentless, um it it's 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 horribly violent. It's a very, uh, just an important movie to mm-hmm. watch and pa- powerfully, I think it was nominated that year for I perhaps so. best yeah. movie even. Uh, so that's Beasts of No Nation on Good Netflix. Pick. Rashmi, yours was?
1: Citadel on Amazon Prime.
0: And Yazdi, you had?
2: I had Museo also on Amazon Prime.
0: Okay, there's uh, three little recommendations uh, for what to watch on streaming. Okay. This will be a packed podcast. So we have The Blackening Joyride and Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Is that the order? Yes. Today? All right. Let's start then with. The blackening.
1: Okay, and it is Juneteenth weekend, and this is a very aptly timed podcast, if you get it out, Joe. Um, Because the blackening centers around a group of black friends who reunite for a Juneteenth weekend getaway, only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. Forced to play by his rules, the friends soon realize, this ain't no mother beep game and this is directed by Tim Story who's done Ride Along and Think Like a Man and Barbershop and co-written by Tracy Oliver who is famous for Girls Trip and Harlem and Dwayne Perkins who did the Amber Ruffin show Brooklyn Nine-Nine the blackening skewers genre tropes and poses the sardonic question if the entire cast of a horror movie is black who dies first um, so this stars a wonderful group of actors and actresses um, and that is Antoinette Robertson, Dwayne Perkins, Grace Byers, Jermaine Fowler, Melvin Gregg, X Mayo, Yvonne Orji, and I was excited to see Jay Farrow here, um, along with Cinque Walls. Um, so Yazdi, why don't you start us off this week? What did you think of the blackening?
2: Uh, so I saw this just last night, um, so it's pretty fresh in my mind, um, uh, it's it's a, it's a great movie to watch uh, on a Friday evening with your friends. I think, in fact, you'll be doing yourself a disservice if you watch this by yourself on a small computer screen. Because I think this is the kind of movie that is best enjoyed um, with a group of people. Because you're all howling at the same time. You're all gasping at the same time. Um, I think the script is... Um, if if it's not a 10 out of 10 it's at least an 8 out of 10 in terms of how clever it is it's it's very knowing because it it's playing exactly with this uh you know terrible racial cliche which is that in horror movies the black character is the first one to die and it kind of it, it's the it's token
0: the, black character
2: the token black <laughs> character right exactly and it kind of plays with um that one joke and kind of carries it through through the entire film i must say that i i did i did close my eyes a few times because it was scary enough uh but at the same time um it was smart enough that the movie was ahead of me i had kind of guessed who the bad guy might be but it has more up to its sleeve than just that so it's it's very enjoyable it's smart it's funny i kind of really would like to spend some time with these characters uh, they, it, it was a good mix of good group of people good fun joe
0: Yeah, I had to chuckle earlier because I brought up the Rotten Tomatoes page and literally its very first statement is exactly what I said to the um, press representative as, you know, we come out of these screenings and the the representative for the studio uh, usually wants to get a kind of an immediate reaction. And I literally said that the, the, the two things here that I wish it had been a little funnier and also a bit scarier because it didn't quite tickle me enough to be like a memorable comedy, even though it was very funny, in part. And it, the scares just didn't work for me at all. I mean, I felt that they were trying to go for jump scares, mm-hmm. which is fine, you know, that's, that's the target. That's, but they didn't work on me, I didn't jump, so...
2: Um, I jumped. Did you really? Yeah. No, I didn't jump. I closed my eyes a couple of times because people always do stupid things in horror movies. They go downstairs in the middle of the night. I'm like, I don't want to watch. Anyway, go on.
0: So, you know, I, Sure. This 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 is a fun movie, and your your scenario, Yazdi, of a Friday night in a packed movie theater is exactly where this movie should be seen. You know, Apple's just come out with this new Vision Pro headset, which is you know, there's promises you'll be put it on your head and you'll be just like in a movie theater, and you can watch everything. And I'm like, there are some movies that are going to be enjoyed that way. Not a movie like this. You 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 need to be with a crowd, ideally people who've had a couple drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is perfect for that
1: yeah this is super fun I think it's really well acted and everyone commits but for me it's a little bit underwritten and um what I mean is that it's a little bit predictable like you said Yazdi and it's a little bit unbelievable it just needed one more rewrite um to make it not so much of a Scooby-Doo episode um That's great, yeah. But, you know, it, it, it comes together and what it does, it does really, it's got a really kind of sweet heart. I love the fact that this is about, you know, eight friends who are having a reunion after they've all been at college. So they carry the baggage of, kind of a college, you know, the life they had at college and they are the same people, but they've all, you know, they're all starting to grow up. So I love that each of the, it, it felt like you were watching a group of friends come together, almost like a reality show in some ways. Um, and it's funny enough, but again, I just wish it had been, you know, there's no one I wouldn't recommend this to. And it's a perfect decompress movie. It's a perfect film to watch on the back of an airplane. You will laugh. Um yeah. I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, it is Scooby-Doo, but it's totally Scooby-Doo. But still, I kind of, I didn't see it coming. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I'd guessed amongst them, probably one of them is, I'm not giving anything away, probably one of them is somehow involved with what's going on. So that piece, I guessed, but then there were other components to it as well, which I hadn't guessed. And it kind of, you know... It was kind of funny because it's like, are you are you more unsafe in the house? Or are you yeah, more yeah, unsafe yeah, yeah. running outside the house? What if the killer follows you there? Or are you, you know, so I like kind of that that bit. And I, I think it's the actors, especially Ex Mayo, I think her name is, uh, who plays Shanika. In it. She's she so was, funny. She was so funny. Yeah. She was really very funny. Yeah. And it
1: reminded me of that movie that um, Dave Franco Uh, directed a while ago called the rental remember back in like 2020 like what happens you know we don't we don't you know the airbnb right -hmm. you hire you hire you rent a house and we have no idea whose house it is what the house has in it but we just go along right so it kind of is a funny version of that in some ways
2: yeah And I think if you try to dissect it afterwards, the whole thing just falls apart, right? Because if you, after knowing what you know, if you think none of this would have been plausible, but who cares? It's just a a fun thing. And I think I really liked how it kind of gets around the central question of, you know, who's going to be the first one to talk. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, I I mean... I'm trying to remember the movie. Uh, Joss Whedon's Cabin in the Woods uh, mm-hmm. kind of sprang to mind uh, right. as I watched this, but it doesn't no. you know go to those kind no. of places. It's uh, not, not meta-funny, me, yeah. And it's um, you know it's, it owes a debt of gratitude to or debt of uh, some sort to to the movies like Clue. You know, the whodunit aspect did work yeah. really well, um, but no, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I'm trying. I was, I was basically trying to search for the movie that I watched recently on the plane. Uh, which was about an airbnb rental and
2: oh uh, i'll tell you um
0: it
2: it made a ton of money this year yes um it's about her going down the stairs it's not
0: smile oh
1: that one um yeah
0: yeah. anyway well it'll it'll come to me sorry sorry for the (laughs) production gap and my lack of memory here but um
2: i can see the poster for the movie like don't go down there or something or like. Well, it, it, oh. it, it,
0: when you talk about stupid people doing stupid things yeah. in movies, there's a Geico ad which, which 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 that very funny bit. Anyway, yes. Uh, so do you want to sum it up? Yep. Give with, us a score. So um, yeah, like I say, I think I, I I hoped for for me to make this a universal recommendation. Um, you know, it's it's very hard because it's not. But if it is Friday night and you've had a great dinner and you've had a couple of drinks and you've got some friends. And you can head to a packed movie theater. Um, go see this. This is this is fun. Um, it'll also be kind of a fun Friday night unwind movie because it's not too heavy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, um, yeah, fun time.
2: Yasti. Yeah, I give it a 7 out of 10 as well. And I really appreciate the fact that this movie is um, made with 100% African-American actors with african-american writing crew with african-american directors and it's successful it works for what it wants to do yes it could have been a lot more sharper. It could have been a little bit funnier, but as it is, it's 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 very very satisfying. So seven, I th- almost a stingy seven out of ten for me. It's so much fun. I would recommend it to everyone.
1: Yeah, exactly what you both said. A solid seven from me as well. And I love how it starts to explore that when you have a group of one ethnicity, even how that discussion of how ethnic are you um, becomes becomes the topic of conversation right so there's the kind of the black versus the white but then there's also the how black are you and that happens in any ethnicity how indian are you how chinese are you how arab are you and 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 that what that is exactly what happens when you get a group of people together of the same ethnicity so i love that it starts to explore those things um yeah solid seven this is a fun time at the
2: movie Uh, the movie you're thinking of is barbarian thank you Yes. yes Uh, I, which is a better film
0: it's a movie that i really um that is scary i, I didn't want to watch it because it i looked, didn't watch it, it looked way too yeah. frightening so uh, i watched it literally in the middle seat <laughs> in coach class on a british Airways flight and um that's about the safest place you can see a horror movie that's too scary yeah.
1: that would be a good horror movie a horror movie on a plane
0: Get writing, Rashmi. I know.
1: <laughs> it's called Snakes on a Plane. No, but that's Snakes <laughs> <know>. on a <laughs> Plane, know. right? Not, not horror.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we all liked yeah, that one. It yeah, was, that was, it's super fun. I was, I was a bit worried that um, it, it, you, especially Yazdi, might not um, gel with that one. Uh, but yeah, it worked. No, okay. the script
2: is very good, I think. Yeah. But could, yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Movie number two of the week, then, is the movie Joyride.
2: Yes. So Joyride is uh, directed by Adele Lim, who's a Malaysian director. And it follows four Asian American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are, while they travel through Asia in search of one of their birth mothers. This sounds really serious, but it's not. This movie is anything but serious. It's a laugh out loud, gross out comedy. And the dire- uh, the writing credits are Cherry Cheva Pravati. Damrong, uh, Teresa Sao, and Adele Lem, and uh, the cast includes Ashley Park. I think she's the most famous of the lot. She's been doing Emily a lot of a list, yeah, a yeah, list uh, television. Emily in Paris, Beef, etc. Stephanie Shu, uh, recently minted Oscar nominee from uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, is here as well. Um, as is uh, David Denman, Desmond Chame, Sherry Cola, Alexander Hodge, Annie Mumolo. Uh, who famously was the co-writer of Bridesmaids, uh, is here as well. So um, what do you guys think of Joyride? Is it a ride and is it joyful?
1: Um, Okay, so this is interesting that we're reviewing Joyride, the same episode that we're reviewing The Blackening, because this is um, an all mostly Asian cast. Um, And I kind of like it. Um, I don't think this is the funniest movie that we've watched it sits somewhere in the flavor of the hangover meets bridesmaids to me um i like how brave it is at times it goes there um without being ridiculous at times um yeah it's another one that's a bit risqué i think i wouldn't necessarily suggest this to everyone if you're a prude don't watch this movie um, but it's funny. It's funny, and I like what it's doing.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I thought this was terrific fun. I think it reminds me, uh, in 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 some ways, it, it plays with my expectations in terms of you know, um, A- Asian American culture is generally portrayed as being quite you know conservative right Mm -hmm. a lot less kind of the the level of raunch in this movie really um you know made my jaw drop at times because i just i wasn't ready for it and i I wasn't ready for it because it kind of exploits my own prejudices in terms of what i was expecting when i see these three young asian american uh, actors um play these characters uh with that said the jokes really work you know the the script is not Taking itself too seriously at all. There are so many things that are just huge leaps that aren't explained, and it's they, it's a sign of a, a, a good comedy writing pen that those things don't matter. They hop from country to country and without with you know very very much explanation at all. There's a sweetness at the core of it as well. Um, I really liked uh, the character played by uh, goodness me, I'm trying, I'm blanking on her name. It Which was, character, uh, Sherry Cola, the, the character. Um, oh, played,
2: she was like an Aquafina wannabe. Yes.
0: But but with much more there was with a uh, more heart, yeah. Yeah, more heart and more 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 you know, I mean it's probably not too spoil everything but she she plays somebody who's clearly on the autism kind of spectrum. Uh, in terms of, uh, am I am I mixing up the wrong oh, actress here? Oh, you are. Yeah, I'm sorry. Who, oh, it, it,
1: Dead Eye. Dead Eye. Sabrina yes. Wu.
0: Sabrina Wu. Whoops, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm looking at the wrong wrong one. Really like that character. Yeah, she, I did too. She, yeah. she was something that was kind of a breath of fresh air, and I don't recall seeing a character written quite in that way before. Uh, so yeah, this was fun.
2: Yasti. Yeah, I think this movie clearly wants to be an Asian bridesmaids, and it's kind of. Using, I think, a lot of the good energy of, of bridesmaids, maybe a little bit of girl strip thrown in as well, um, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, slide it when it's so well-meaning. It's clearly pushing the envelope. It gives a platform to these, uh, you know, to these Asian actors, and you know, they can play the game as well as anybody else. My only complaint about the movie is that, you know, it seems to be trying hard, just, just trying really, really hard. And I could kind of feel the gears of the plot change, like very nakedly. You should not be able to see the gears change so obviously, but it was clearly, it was trying, like, let's push this envelope. And now let's push this even a little bit more. So, but that's that's a minor quibble. I I'm here for any kind of homegrown ethnic kind of, film enterprise, which is kind of written just like the previous movie written, directed, acted by, you know, a particular ethnic group. Um, It's fun. I think I I hope, I suspect, but I also hope that it will be a reasonable commercial hit.
1: Yeah, I think I wrote the same thing in my notes, Yazdi. It's trying so hard. It wants to do a really good job for you. Um, And it's sweet. I think there's just this inherent sweetness. And again, it's about fitting in and how Asian are you, how ethnic, it's got almost like the same, it's almost the same questions that are being asked um, that we talked about in the blackening, except the blackening is a horror. And this is like a girl's trip. Um, But you could, you know, again, it's so predictable, right? The two friends who don't like each other are going to become good friends. You know, the one who wants acceptance will ultimately get acceptance. The one who discovers that, you know, it's, it's, it's very predictable. Um but the journey is fun nonetheless.
0: And and that's the key. I think all of those things would have um you know been points knocked off for me other than the fact that it works and it, it's it's genuinely funny and it's genuinely sweet and yes yes the um I I can see I can see how it's assembled and I can see the effort made to kind of amp up certain scenes. To beyond expectations, but yeah. they pull it off because 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 it really works. I mean, there's there's a scene involving kind of like a a K, K, K-pop group. Which, That's
1: hilarious. Which which,
0: which, which it's oh, hilarious. I, think, I, I don't think I'll forget that. And and it's not just because of the final frame, but the whole setup for that is so ridiculous right. and so funny that I end up, you know, I ended up just kind of um, you know being being quite tickled by the by by the whole thing, and and therefore. You Know the movie works,
1: yeah, and it's got these really funny references to um, um, like Asian, um, you know, what do they call like plays, and like it's just funny, it's funny, it's oh, funny. You
0: mean like the soap operas, yeah, the and, soap and operas, the, that's it, yeah, the, like the, the, the Chinese opera, yeah, um, yeah,
1: it's and type. it's funny, it's genuinely funny,
2: yeah. I think, uh, I didn't realize this until you mentioned it, Joe, but I think the very fact that. This movie has uh, you know three Asian characters who go on this journey, and one of them is played by Sabrina Wu, who's clearly, you know, you're right. She's on the spectrum somewhere, but she is probably the heart of the movie. I think
0: totally, yeah. You know,
2: she's bitch. Uh, I didn't expect. I thought the Ashley Park, Ashley Kim character, would be the heart of the movie, but she's. I mean, she gets certainly gets more of the plot, but it's the Sabrina Wu character who really kind of uh, you know uh, carries carries more strength. Uh, I also think in the last act of the movie it's it's going for like an emotional punch which I felt it hadn't quite earned so but I kind of went along with it it's fine I mean I thought you know you want to be this really raunchy envelope pushing kind of a girl strip kind of movie and then now you want to like pull in the you know pull in all the you know yeah, emotional waterworks. baggage. And- yeah, emotional baggage and waterworks, but it's okay. It's again a minor quibble. I think the fact that this movie exists is a miracle. And I think again, you know, the fact that a movie with no name actors shows up at your theater again at all these days is 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 a miracle and we need to support those. That sounds so like a summing up. I'm gonna sum up it's fun, it's well written. Yeah, don't go with your kids. Uh, it's an, it's an it's a hard R rated movie. It's fun. You'll have a great time. Watch it at the back of an airplane, seven out of 10.
1: Joe.
0: Yeah. Anyone over the age of, um, you know, 17, 18 will have fun with this. Um, you know, it, 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 it works. It it takes us on, on the journey with it. And again, I think this is one where you, you don't necessarily need the crowd. Although this will be so much fun with an audience because the, the, some of the moments are, are gross out shocks, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's trying to do. Um, but yeah, fun. Um 8 out of 10 for me.
1: It's a joyride. 7 out of 10. Okay, 7 7 and 8. No, oh, 7 7 and 7.
0: No, I said 8.
1: Oh, did you? Hmm, I think Oh, it was you gave cool. it an 8. Yeah. It was, I thought I had 7, sorry. Yes.
0: It was it was fun. It worked really really well. It made me giggle. And um that's that's that doesn't happen a lot these
2: days. It's hard to do funny. Yeah. And you know that that scene with the you know, with the with them at the K-pop band, that kind of stuff, you have to go. You know, balls out. That's because if you don't, you're just going to fall. It's everybody's going to cringe, and it's going to be so sad. I yep. mean, so so embarrassing. But the fact that they go balls out and they kind of land that is is quite something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's very f- something very odd about Ashley Park's screen presence in the sense of, you know, I never believe any of her acting, and I think it's because I was introduced to her as this unbelievable character on Emily in Paris. Mm. But like, you know, I, I can't say that um, she she convinces me with with any of uh, any of the moments other than, um, you know, the the, mo- the movie's energy and bounce kind of carries her along. So I think you know maybe a stronger lead would have would have uh, even elevated this movie more. But super fun. Moving on, then. Our third movie of the week is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So, I think one of the two of you has the that's, intro, hopefully. That's me again. All right. So,
2: so in 1981, this little-known director called Steven Spielberg made this, <laughs> this little-known movie called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and since then, it's been part of the you know, of the Blightskig. It's been part of the general, you know, uh, vernacular in terms of, you know, culture and pop and so forth. And uh, there have been uh, three sequels to this movie already, uh, the most recent being in 2008, uh, which was Indiana Jones and the Crystal, sorry, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which famously starred Kate uh, uh, Blanchett and so now Shia LaBeouf and Shia LaBeouf oh god I'd forgotten about that (laughs) and now you know 15 years later is yet another sequel to it this one is called Indiana Jones um, and the Dial of Destiny and uh, it is directed by James Mangold James Mangold is a veteran director himself he's done um, the Wolverine movie he's done many many other movies as well uh, Ford
0: versus Ferrari, Walked the Ferrari. Line. He walk did. the Line. Yes. Uh, Kate and Leopold, Girl Interrupted. Correct. Goodness me, what a. Logan. He did. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize he did Logan.
2: Yeah, he did Logan terrific. as well. Terrific. Yeah. Isn't he married to uh, Helen Mirren?
0: Oh, I don't read e news. Okay. Th- <laughs> <he's>, ask Rashmi. <laughs> I
2: think he's the husband of uh, Helen Mirren. But anyway, not that it matters. Um, uh, the writers for the movie are Jeff Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth. Um, as well as David Kep and James Mangold. And the cast includes Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Phoebe Waller Bridge, uh, Boyd Holbrook, Mads Mickelson, uh, John Reese Davies, Antonio Banderas, Toby Jones, Thomas Kretschmann, and others. Um, and then the IMDb one liner for the movie is as follows. Um, Archaeologist Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary artifact that can change the course of history. That can pretty much be the tagline for every one of these movies. (laughs) So, you know, obviously a lot, a lot, a lot of fanfare coming into any new Indiana Jones installment. A lot of people think that they should let that one go quietly into the night. Uh, But here we are back with Harrison Ford. Is it a worthy outing?
0: And the first words out of my mouth are, stop it, please, Aww. stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, the, the first one, two, three movies, the same as Star Wars, one, two, three, uh, you know, all, of, all the movies from that kind of period were so kind of iconic in their visual style. Spielberg really, um, he, he created that kind of hyper action sequence. Uh, and they're they're, they're of their time so even if Spielberg himself which I think he was the director for The Crystal Skull uh, was at the helm of this you you can't go back to create that particular style of movie it's like we can't do movies from the 1950s anymore right? there's absolute classics there uh, that we can draw upon and call upon but if those same movies were made today they they just wouldn't work things have moved on so um, this movie shouldn't work fortunately for me it did Uh, Crystal Skull I have to speak to that because um, I think we may have even reviewed it on the podcast. I was not um, able to see that movie originally. Um, And so, and the two of you, especially Rashmi, convinced me that it was so bad that in the many years that have followed its release, I refused to watch it. And the only reason I watched it was I was on, again, a transatlantic flight um, and this I knew this movie was coming, so I thought oh, I better get caught up with the narrative, uh, and it was okay. But it, we, I can see why everyone panned it. I mean, the Shia LaBeouf character, the whole it just fell apart. This is a bit of a recovery from that. What I'll say is that it's it's not it, it's not as bad as um, as Crystal Skull. Um, in fact, I'm going to say it's actually quite good. It's a fun romp um, as far as you know Indiana Jones movies are um, concerned. Um, it gets a little carried away with itself towards the end. I mean, Indiana Jones movies always end with this, you know, very big discovery, right? <clears throat> this this artifact or, you know, the Ark of the Covenant when it was discovered, right? You know, the Temple of Doom, all of those kind of, you know, the Last Crusade, they all have these big kind of, you know, almost spiritual slash religious, you know, um, this one, this one really took it too far um, in, t- in terms of it, and it didn't, it didn't prepare us for that. Uh, but, but overall, it was okay. And, and I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge here really, really made the movie for me. I think she, um, she she played a character that's kind of hard to like because she straddles that line between bad guy and, and good guy. You never quite know whose side she's on, other than her own. Um, but this was a kind of an enjoyable romp. No, it's not. It's, it. But I say stop it because, really, you 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 can't you can't go back there. So why keep making them? Harrison Ford's in his eighties. He looks it. He struggle. I mean, look, he bare naked chest looks it. I mean, it's like, it's it's it's, the incredulity of this character doing this type of action. Just it it doesn't. You don't buy it for a second.
1: Everything Joe said, I agree with everything you said, Joe. I think it suffers because since the time we had Indiana Jones, we've had things like Mission Impossible and Jason Bourne and um, Fast and Furious, right? There are all these movies that take stunts to a whole different planet these days. And so... To deliver on a movie that is of a different time you have to up the ante in in the now and unfortunately that's not why we go to an indiana jones movie the whole fun of the indiana jones universe is the kind of the clues and the piecing something together and um, yeah, there's some fun, you know, action sequences that happened along the way, but um, that's not the reason we go. And I felt like they felt compelled to do these flying out of aeroplanes and um, driving crazy cars in a way that they shouldn't be driven. So I didn't like that necessarily, and I hated the fact that Mads Mikkelsen is the same character he's played in James Bond in Fantastic Beasts and other movies, right? It's the same character. Like, really? The guy is super typecast. But I agree with you that it's okay. It's a fun... Again, I'm going to say, I've said this for the third time in this podcast, it's a fun time at the movies. It's a little bit batshit. Um... But it's not as bad as Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull was horribly awful. Um, This one, I think, has a decent enough story. I hate the fact that it's another Nazi-era type movie. Um, And I think they could have been a little bit more clever about that. And, you know, I mean, I think it's hard when these are beloved characters to not keep doing them because they are pre-sold franchises. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think, was on the wrong side of annoying for me. I mean, she plays, Mm. in essence, the same character she plays in Fleabag where that, Mm. literally, she is a Fleabag, right? That is the terminology for that character and she's kind of playing that same annoying, just on the wrong side for me. But I like that it's really got the same themes. It, It kind of almost takes one, two, and three puts them in a bowl, mashes it up and kind of spits something out. And it's really a retelling of elements of all of those three movies. I could see elements of, um, you know, uh, temple of doom with the young kid. I could see elements of, um, you know, raiders of the lost Ark, where it's something that they're looking for. That's uh, very old or reminiscent of Christ or it's got that mythical mystical stuff, which I loved about one, two and three.
2: The so, trailer even, ha- see, I, unless I'm mistaken, the trailer even has the giant ball, the stone ball, right? Right. Am I mistaken? Yeah. Coming at, are they running and there's a ball behind them? No, you're no? thinking
1: of fast, fast and furious. Oh, maybe I'm
2: thinking of fast and furious. Oh yeah, God, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But
1: you know, I mean, it has, it's very nostalgic. I think it does a good job of ramping up the nostalgia. It's definitely got more of a John Wick type body count feel that feels unnecessary in an Indiana Jones movie. But again, I think a lot of this is a consequence of the fact that we as a viewing (coughs) audience expect something different of these movies. And I wish they'd just stop making them or just go back to the original way of making them.
2: So with the the Crystal Skull, they tried to pass on you know, the uh, The baton baton to Shia LaBeouf, the next generation, he was supposed to be the next Indiana Jones. That didn't work out. Yeah. And now it seems like another 15, 20 years ago, they're still trying to kind of, you know, squeeze a few drops out of it. Well, it's such
1: a loved franchise. I I was going to
0: say, I think the the main reason that this movie exists is the fact that Crystal Skull was so bad that... For the legacy of the franchise to be left with that kind of flavor is, you know, we needed something uh, to, you know, as we needed something of a chaser to wash wash the flavor of the crystal skull from our mind. Because I, I think, you know, this this isn't the story that had to be told. And I always think that when you revisit these beloved franchises, it's because someone somewhere came up with an idea of a story that basically... It's so, it's so powerful. It needed to be revisited. It needed to be rebooted and brought back. And this is just a conventional kind of uh, Indiana Jones rhythm. In fact, it's it's most reminiscent to me of the, the Temple of Doom. It's not quite as action intensive, but it's not. It doesn't have the majesty of Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't have the spiritual power. I'll say it that way. of, yeah. of Lost the Last Crusade, right? It plays a lot with, you know, religious myth, mythology and artifacts from the time of Jesus and, um, you know, Archimedes and, you know, the historical, uh, you know, engineer slash philosopher. Um, Nazis are just there because, you know, we need, we need a, bad a bad guy. guy. And yeah. Everyone likes to shoot Nazis. So, you know, that's,
2: that's yeah. literally
0: why they, they are there. And it's set in that time.
2: Are they doing a lot of de-aging in the movie?
1: There's a yeah, whole section fact, at the beginning, which is completely, I was like, how did they do that?
0: I was going to say. So we we talked about um, in our review of the, the Flash uh, in our last podcast about you know the uncanny valley and when CGI is, is done badly, you end up with these kind of lifeless eyes, and and that you know, it's because they're trying to get close to reality, but the closer you get, the more accurate it has to be because our brains refuse to accept that something that's almost reality, like a cartoon face mm. will buy. here they've managed to do it with a de-aged harrison ford who is clearly cgi at times i mean there are moments when he's like you know hopping from carriage to carriage on a speeding train where you know it does that kind of bouncy spider-man thing mm. yeah um but overall the level of 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 execution on the harrison ford de-aging um it felt good to me i mean it was only DH because i know that he's 80
1: exactly yeah exactly okay, that's pretty good um I, look i would say a big criticism of the movie it runs at two hours and 24, 24 minutes. minutes i yeah, think I you that. could easily easily get rid of 35 minutes
0: yeah, I, I thought that too and I wouldn't know which 35 minutes to get rid of because I think it, the plot does work and that's what carries this All movie. All the
1: fights, the driving scene.
0: But you need that. It's Indiana mm, Jones, okay. right? It's like it's like Bond without a car chase. I mean, you you have to have that. Yeah, sure. I mean, but in terms of plot, the the, the movie kind of propels itself from scene to scene quite quite effectively and I think it kind of earns its running time. I never felt bored. Um you know, with movies that I think are too long, I, I always have that moment where I look at my watch, and I, I didn't find myself doing that here. So I, I, I enjoyed being in the presence of the movie, um, and you know, like I say, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 main the my main takeaway here is, you know, now we've ended the franchise. He, you know, please let this be the last one. We won't get back to what we had. In movies one two and three don't don't try stop making them um it on a you know you're not going to end on a high note you already did that you ended indiana jones with part three the last crusade on the highest possible note since then all you've done is take away from the memory of those movies uh, and that and that, that particular franchise and and done damage to the character so stop here this is seven out of ten adequate entertainment no not not high art not not a recovery, but, um, you know, definitely, well, I say not a, rec- a recovery, from Crystal Skull.
1: Yeah, I would say better than Crystal Skull. Um, for me, it's a six out of 10. It's too derivative, but it's fun seeing Indiana Jones again. I can't fault seeing Indiana Jones again in that universe. It's just so comforting in some ways, but too derivative, nothing yeah. new to see here.
2: I stand corrected. I said Helen Mirren's married to James Mangold. No, she's married to another American director, Taylor Hackford. So I, I just wanted to correct <laughs> that. And also, it's very, very funny as you guys were talking. I, I obviously haven't seen the movie, you guys. I, I missed the screening. But I just got this notification on my phone which said that archaeologists find a 3,000-year-old sword that's so well-preserved, it's still gleaming. And it was clearly used... Um, By Indiana Jones. No. It, it, <laughs> so my point is, you know... The old world exists, and it's all always reaching out to the new world that we live in. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think this 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 type of thing can be revisited with a new character, right? We 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 can do this again in the same way that you know the the, the high points of James Bond can be revisited by Tom Cruise or Jason Bourne, right? You know, we we can do that, but but doing them over and over and over again um, with with an aging Harrison Ford is yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we've, we've, we've seen we've seen the elaborate setups and the traps left behind by the ancients, right? Um, we we want more of that. Tomb Raider, the entire Tomb Raider franchise is 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 really a female Indiana Jones. It works very well in a video game context where story is the throwaway element and puzzle solving is is the main part you know, there's nothing new to bring to the character.
2: And it reeks of desperation now, right? They've tried everything. They tried Sean Connery as his father. They've tried Shia LaBeouf as his, you know, hands down. I mean, they've tried everything. Just let it go.
0: Yeah. Something that terrifies me, actually, is, <laughs> is is the advent of, you know, more and more sophisticated CG. And, you know, we're getting movies now that, that can be made almost entirely from motion capture, right? Mm-hmm. The Avatar technology. You know, I worry now, especially the de-aged Harrison Ford it, it's not beyond the realm of imagination sure. to see them doing this again in 10 years' time with a completely synthetic Harrison Ford, right? I mean, we, we need to not go in that direction. No, I right? would rather
2: they just hire, hire a new actor. Absolutely. And just, just say, you know, this is Indiana Jones. And yeah. Just, you know, embrace that disbelief and go with that.
0: Or, or drop Indiana Jones and, right. you know, Bob Smith and the toilet of despair you know i don't know (laughs) we need need something else um all right um it's a wrap i think this is the end of this here endeth the podcast so again thank you so much for listening to movie wallers we uh, appreciate you taking the time to download and listen to our our, our, the three of us babble away uh, nonsensically about these movies (laughs) um until our next podcast i guess too many movies too little time goodbye from me and
1: me
2: me as well